0: Good morning. I'm very excited this morning to be here as a father also. Um, Leticia is talking about the fact that we must be looking forward to something. I can tell you now I'm looking forward to an oxtail meal and I'm looking forward to a stew. Um, that's what I'm talking about because I don't know what else to look forward to but just a good meal as a father. Sorry moms, I'm putting a little bit of pressure but let's, let's get on with the, with the show. getting in trouble here, hey. <laughs> Excellent. Now back to really um, important things of the day, and that's the fact that we need to be looking at the, at the word, and I would like for us to please close our eyes and, and pray. Father, we want to thank you for, for you in our lives, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you, Father, that you are for us, and that in all that we We do, Lord. We want to do it with you. We realize more and more, Lord, every single day that apart from you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can do the impossible. Thank you, Father, that you are so gracious to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Excellent. We are busy now looking into Romans chapter 12. And as we know and we looked at what Pastor Louis was talking about, and even now when I was just talking and looking and thinking about it, one of the things is that uh, Pastor Louis is quite good <laughs> in presenting the thing, and it makes sense because he spoke about serving, obeying, and by the way, coming from Pastor Louis, just want to say that his heart is here with us, he's in the south today, he's sharing uh, uh, with the congregation there and the family and the community there, and so one of the things that he's been busy sharing, I don't know if you remember last week, I liked that part and that means a lot to me, he said that the thinking in the day, remember it was Here. Remember when he was talking about that thing that he was like here. The thinking happened from, from here. And he said that the bigger it was, the better. Because it means that you were thinking a lot more. And I remember it very clearly because for me, it does apply. Because I remember, yes, this is actually very good. Because every time I look at myself, I can go, okay, there it is. So, <laughs> it's, so cool. it's so cool because of when one of the things is that we are just more aware of the Word of God and what it actually does, does mean. As we know in Romans chapter 12, it's going to come up on the screens, but I'm just going to paraphrase it so that we can just quickly get, get into it. It teaches us not to conform, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And Pastor Louis did speak a bit on that. We are called to model a life of being able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect, and perfect will. And so, we see throughout the Scripture that one of the key things is that we mustn't conform. We must be transformed by the renewing of our, of our minds. Obviously, the Word does that. Obviously, when we lay down ourselves and our lives for God, we experience, we experience that. Now, I don't know about you, but the Romans chapter 12, or Romans chapter 12, is just a portion of the whole epistle. Now, remember, we may read it today as chapters, verses. But originally, it was a letter, and it was a letter that was addressed to the Romans congregation of the day. One of the things that we know for a fact is that Paul has never been to Rome before. He was writing this letter where he was being caught. And so in that place, when he was writing this letter, he's never been there. He met people who came from this place, and they told him about the believers there. And so when he writes this letter, he hears the things that are happening in this congregation. And in this chapter specifically, in chapter 12, we start to read what are those things and how are the people need to live and to do things the different way. Now we know that in that day there were two different types of groups. The first group were the Jews of the day. The Jews in this place, they believed that the law is the only way to do life with God. The law was the only way to please God. So they did works. They worked and they, they believed that you need to be circumcised and you need to do all these rituals to make sure that God is pleased with you. The Gentile of the day it was another group that believed that it was by faith that you take God in your life and you, if you believe Jesus and who he was, then you'll be saved. So type of, these two groups, they were in conflict. There was a conflict in the day and so Paul in this letter, he tries to address this whole thing. Now, we know that he addresses it, and Pastor Louis last week was speaking about the fact that uh, we are not to think too highly of ourselves, to not think too highly of ourselves than we, than we ought to. So I thought today, to just bring the message so that it makes, makes more sense, and I did, ask, I did ask Pastor Louis for some permission to do this, so I'm, I'm within my own a sphere of influence, <laughs> so um, this morning I've asked if it would be possible that we can look at Romans 12, but look at it from a leadership place, from a leadership position. What is this leadership place? I, say, I, I thought that this morning as we celebrate fathers, and as we celebrate the Father's Day, we ought to look at who's a father, what is a father like, what, what, what is he supposed to be, to be doing? We know for a fact that in chapter 4 of Romans, Paul writes about Abraham as the father of, the, of faith. And so we know for a fact that the father has a role in this, whole, in this whole thing. And I thought, in our day and age, where we are, where we find ourselves today, what is the role of a father? Who, who is a father? Paul, as he writes, he writes from a place of leadership because his heart was to bring about a kingdom culture. Now, in South Africa, we have a slogan where we say, unity in, in diversity, unity in diversity, where we are different people, different backgrounds, but because of the kingdom culture, we become united. Because of the kingdom culture, we are, we are united. So, why would we need a father? And I want to just mention a couple of things. What we need in our country, and you may agree, are leaders who are fathers. What we need in our country are leaders who are fathers at heart. Don't you agree? What we need in our church is leaders who are fathers. You hear it around people going on and they do silly things. They believe in different things about who God is and they lead people astray. And so in the church we lead people. We need leaders who are fathers at heart, who have the heart of God in their their minds and in their hearts. What we need in our homes is faithful fathers. What we need in our homes is faithful fathers. So the title of my message today is Perfect Pattern Modeled by Faithful Fathers. Perfect Pattern Modeled by Faithful Fathers. So I would like to begin to say, what is a father? Thank you for asking. I'll tell you this morning what is a father. (laughs) What is a father? A father, first of all, we know from Scripture in Psalm 103, verse 13. It says in in verse 13, it says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. So we know for a fact that the father is a lover. So please bear with me. I've brought some props here to assist me with illustrating this point. A father is a lover. So I brought... A glove here, the red glove. I'll try and put it on so you can see. There we go. The red glove. So, first of all, a father is a lover. Now, you can see that I've put it on my left hand side because the left hand side represents the tender, the tender side of the father, it's the way the heart is. And so, he shows his love by holding, by hugging, by encouraging. But there are some things that he also does, this father. The father loves the mother of his children. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, He loves the mother of the children. When the children see the the love that comes from the father towards the mom, they go, yes, this is working. It's going very well. So a father is the lover. That's why I made sure that it's red. I know it might be a bit red, but It represents the the, the heart. It represents the heart. The holding on, the loving, the tender. A father loves his wife, the mother of his children. You've heard it before. Happy wife, happy life. Just how you've heard it before, and it's true. When she's happy, things do happen. And so a father is a lover. A father is present, and he's available a father is present and he's available. Why is he available? He's available to assist the mom with the kids. He plays with them, he baths them, he feeds them. Hey, I'm telling you, 21st century dads, it's hectic, Baba. You change their piece. You change their piece, you feed. Um, this morning, I had to make sure all my kids are dressed and everything else and the mommy is the one on the mirror. The dads are busy, Baba. 21st century. It's no longer the same. Dads, are lovers. They are to love, they are to embrace their children. Dads are supposed to also be approachable. You don't want to be a dad when you arrive home when the kids hear the gate, hey, he's here now, hey, they come. Hey, the kids, the kids are running away. You don't want the kids to run away. You want the kids to run to you. Why? Because you're a lover. Mm. A dad. Dad is a lover. He takes care of this. He affirms both in word and in deed. He affirms both in word. He, tell, he says the words, I love you. I want the best for you. Do you know you're beautiful? Do you know you have what it takes? He's a lover. Hmm? He shows, he says it, he shows it. And I remember um, for the first time when I came to share with uh, with, with this congregation on this platform. Um, a week before then, my dad, my dad passed on, and we just buried my dad, and it was such a, a big thing. He was a very encouraging person, and every time I would do big things, he would always call me or we would meet up, and he would always encourage me and, and pray for me. And so that day, he wasn't, he, was not, he wasn't here, obviously, because of the situation, and so I was about to come up stage, and I was about to do this sermon. I know... I knew in my heart, deep inside, that he would be proud of the moment, you know. His son is, is, is doing this thing now, you know. And so um, I was sitting on this chair, and, and I was about to come up on stage, and I remember how um, emotional I became uh, at that moment. I became emotional because of the fact that I knew um, that if he was here, he would, he would encourage me. And so I, I was a bit nervous, and I was just thinking, oh, Lord, just help me to deliver this message so I was feeling all these things. I was wrestling with these things, and um, I remember the moment came when I had to come up stage and walk up stage. And I, I, I promise you, I, I could feel like his 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 voice in like his voice in me. I could feel and hear his voice in me. And his his the words were the words were, um, "Go for it, Bafana's. Go for it, Bafana's, man." Go for it, Bafanas. Bafanas is who he called me, you know. Go for it, Bafanas. And and as I walked up up stage, it was so incredible because um, it was as if if the things that he was always saying to me, the things that he was always encouraging me, at that moment when I felt that I needed that encouragement, I could hear his words in me. Go for it, Bafanas. And so I want to encourage you as a father, be a lover because it stays with your kids it stays with your children. It stays with your wife because you're a lover. <clears throat> Close to your heart. Amen. So we spoke about, spoke about the dad being a lover. The dad is also something else. The father is also something else. A father is a provider. A father is a provider. And so I brought a prop for that one also. A father is a provider. I brought a, a, a construction, construction glove here. 21st century, you must work, Baba. Um, a father is a provider. Now, in our society and in the world where we live in now, we always think of a father as someone who must provide and put food. But I just want to read a scripture in First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. It says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith, and his worth is worse than an unbeliever. Now, obviously, it speaks about putting food on the table, um, putting a shelter over your head, providing for kids' education and things like that. And it's good, and it's awesome, and I totally agree with that. But the word word, um, provision, which is where we get provider, the word provision, actually, it's two words. It's pro and vision. Pro means ahead of time or before. Vision means, obviously, sight or seeing. Provision. So a a father is to see in advance what will be needed. Now, in the world we live in, we believe if a father has provided food and has put roof over his shoulders, then it's sharp, sharp. Eh, It's not like that only. There's other aspects of providing. How about a father providing relationships? Relationships being a companionship to his wife, to his children. That is an incredible thing. It's the things that we cannot buy in the shop. These are the things that a father provides. He provides companionship. He provides relationship. A father provides peace in the home. He provides stability. You can't buy stability at pick and pay or macro. You can't. A father provides those things. A father provides security in his home. And so, when we speak about provision, we don't only speak about just providing food on the table. That stuff is, is possible and it's doable, and it's not that difficult. The difficult things are these things. To provide security, to provide stability, to provide companionship, to provide relationship, to provide more than just food and shelter and education and health care. And so whenever we hear about the father being a provider, not only does that apply in food and shelter. It applies in other things, in other things that we cannot, we cannot just uh, buy them or get them from somewhere. Sometimes we find that dads uh, they work so hard, they work long hours, and when you ask them a question, they will say, "No, but I'm providing for my for my family." It's a good thing, yes, you're providing for your for your family, but at what at what cost? If it's to a co- at the cost of your family if it's at the cost of your family time, if it's at the cost of your children, if you buy your kids some things just to appease them, that thing is a big deal. And so provision is not only in material things. Provision is also in hard matters. Amen. And so it's important that as, as dads we understand provision, That we understand that providing goes far beyond just putting food on the table and a shelter over your head, it goes much further than that. And so, we need to provide the things that are unseen. We need to help our children, even in our wives, with uh, character. And the question might be then, what is the point? What is the point then? What is the point of trying to work so hard, and yet you are not maybe um, appreciated, or you think, ah, oh, I can't, I can't do it, I can't do work so hard because then I need to be with, I can't balance this thing properly. It's either I work and do it well, or I just work just a little bit and be with the family. How do you do, how do, you do this thing? I want to encourage you as a dad, ask the Lord to, to help you with this process of being a good provider and yet balancing the two. And in the world we live in, it's difficult sometimes to live even just on one income or whatever the case might be. There are different challenges out there. We have challenges where even moms, for example, moms are, are working hard now, they're earning higher salaries, it's possible, you know, and those things, they may, they may make a, a husband or the, the, the father feel a bit insecure, maybe he doesn't have a high position at work, but the wife does have a high position and, the, and she's doing well and she's bringing more money. Can I be, can I just encourage you as a dad and as a father this morning to say that, um, God's, God's heart, when he sees you and your wife, he doesn't see two people. He sees one person. And when the provision comes, it comes in for both of you. It doesn't come in just because it's the herd bringing in more money. So I want to encourage dads this morning, don't ever feel insecure. Your insecurity as a dad is not on what you can do. It's on who he is and who he says you are. That's where your identity comes from, not in what you do. And so I want to encourage you this morning, be in a place as the dead where you know, man, God is for me. As long as you're providing and you're giving it your best and you're seen providing, God honors it. It's not about how much there is. God sees both of you as one. And so remain in that place where you're not insecure and you're not uncomfortable, you are the man. Okay, Settled. It doesn't change, by, 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 by. it doesn't get changed by anything. You are the man. And so God is the one who provides. God is the one who looks, who looks after, after you. And so let us be in a place where we are not insecure as men, as husbands, but we are secure because of the Lord is the one who secures us. And as long as we do what we need to do, God makes it possible for us to have good, healthy, healthy families. Amen. So we spoke about the dad being a, a lover. We spoke about the dad being a provider, not just of food and shelter, but of other things like relationship stability, security, and all those things. And So I want to go to the third point now, to say that a father is a protector. A father is a protector. Proverbs fourteen twenty six. says, in the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. So I brought another prop. A father, a father is a protector. A father is a, a, father is a protector. Um, I remember one day, we were, we were at home, and it was late at night, around 12, 1 o'clock, and uh, my wife Anne heard some noise. I was sleeping, but my wife Anne heard some noise, some screeching at the door. Shiggy, And it was like late at night. Um, and so she, she, I so said, now, you know when you're deep in your sleep, and then I can feel that she's bumping me, and so I'm like, yes, yes, what's going on? Uh, normally, at that time of the night, nothing registers for me. I'm like, anything is okay, you know? I just want my sleep. And so, uh, that time of the, of the night, um, she, she, she bumped me and she says, I'm hearing, I'm hearing something at the door. I don't know what's going on. Um, it just sounds weird. So I'm like, okay, really? Oh, man. Okay. So, I got out. And I went outside, and I checked out, and I checked the place and everything else, checked the place, outside, Ah, there's nothing here, oh, my, my sleep now is gone, you know? I'm thinking, I'm thinking, my sleep is gone. So I closed the door and everything else, then I went back to sleep. Now imagine, if Anne woke me up, the check, go and check, and I say, let me listen. <laughs> eh, oh, you go. <laughs> imagine if I said that to her. I'm saying, you must go. As, who's <laughs> a husband is a protector. He must go. Even if I was scared, Baba, I still have to go. <laughs> that's why he's a protector. He doesn't only protect, he must protect. In case, well, that's why there's little horns on this thing. Because. In case there's like something else, you must have your horns on. So, as a father, we are protectors. If she bumps, you must get up, even though I'm scared, even though I'm hearing this noise. I must say, no, it's fine, and just go. <laughs> Why? There's a mantle on us as fathers. We are protectors. We want to keep our family secure. If someone, we are having dinner in your home, comes in, kicks at the door, And messes you around, you you think you're going to just sit there? Ah, Not a chance. It's going to find me. And so it's important that we understand that fathers are protectors. They protect their homes. They protect their children. They protect their loved ones. They model a life of fearing God. They help their kids to obey also God's God's statutes. And they resist there is this temptation. So it's important for a father to be a protector of his home. If you went with your child to a park and a guy comes and he's swinging there and he comes and he, comes and he pokes her pokes and pushes her, do you think you're going to leave him? No. You're going to do something about it. And so a father is there to protect, he's there to take care of his home, he's there to make sure that his home is secure, and his home is well looked after and is taken care of. And so the heart of God, even towards fathers this morning, is that we must know that we are protectors. Now, in our society today, you might find that there's extremes where fathers are not protecting. They represent pain. They represent hurt and things like that. I want to say I'm so sorry if there has been a hurt and a pain like that. It was not supposed to be like that. God's heart is that fathers may be protectors, not use their strength to harm, but use their strength to serve those that they love. Amen. My fourth point: a father is a life coach. A father is a life coach. In in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. Hear, my children, the instructions of a father, and give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. So a father teaches and encourages. A father teaches and encourages. And I have one more prop here. I brought a whistle. I brought a whistle here... uh, because a father is a life coach. When the kids are behaving, misbehaving, don't do this. Get out. Not left, right. Hey, anyway, What are you doing there? A father is a life coach. <laughs> He, he, models, he models a life of righteousness for his children. He encourages his children to seek the Lord and to live for him. He prays God's purposes over his children. So when he does, when he blows, he says, you know, I like what you do. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy looking at how you play hockey or how you, or how you play soccer or how you run the, uh, for a try there at at the school, how you do this cricket bowling thing that you do, I I love it. When we speak, when we speak, when we speak those words, we declare something in our children's lives. And this is a powerful thing, because the Lord has given us words as dads to speak into our children's lives. Now, moms also have their place, and they encourage, and they love, and they do all those things. But today, I'm just being exclusive, do you understand? For dads, I want to encourage dads to say there is a call on their lives also. In the world where there's just so much that's not right and that's going wrong because of men and and dads and fathers, but in in this home, in this house, we have good dads, hey? We have awesome dads, and I want to honor you. I want to appreciate you. The dads that encourage, the dads that love, we want to say we love and we appreciate you. The dad, when he blows the whistle, he wants to bring discipline and love. He wants to bring a balance between discipline and love, and not just blow this thing until forever. I remember uh, with my son, Anshel, <clears throat> I wanted to do this thing of modeling, and, and I didn't know how to do it, because, you know, we, we, there's no one who's perfect here. We're all trying to work with the Lord. We're all on a journey. And I remember with my son, Anshel, uh, I was, he's five years old now, and we were... He, we were in a car, and he normally wants to come with me wherever I go. In the shop, at work, everywhere when I want, where he's around, he wants to come with. And I felt the Lord saying to me, involve him in all that you do. So if I fix something, I, get, I involve him. If I go somewhere, I involve him. So I normally take him with, if I go to the shops, we drive around, get to the shops, buy this, get that, and everything else. But on the road, there are some people who really, somehow, they cut you out, or they skip a red robot. And so I get bothered by that. But um, <laughs> thank you for laughing. It means it happens to you too. <laughs> so they cut so they cut off. So every time that happens, I say something. Okay? Every time that, happens that someone I'm driving and some some suddenly they stop or they come in and they go, "Ah, man, ka rawen." I will say that. Hey, what are you doing?" Can't, ay, man." Hey, the whole time I didn't realize my son is there. So I'm doing, "Ah, man, we run, man. So one day, someone does the same thing. After some time, someone did the same thing. They cut in front of us, and Shell was sitting there. Now, I didn't say anything. My son, Hi, oh, what are you doing? Oh. Ha, 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 Am I modeling, Am I modeling a life of righteousness? Hi, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? So our kids don't only listen to what we say, they actually watch what we do. And your children are not only listening to you, they are watching what you do. And so it's important as a dad, as a mom even, what you do, what you say, must be the same. You must model a life of righteousness to your children. And so my son now, when he goes like that, now I have to be the one who says, Ish. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now it's difficult for me. No, you can't do that. A dad has a whistle. He's a life coach. <whistles> Left. <whistles> right. <whistles> I love you. <whistles> I like that. <whistles> hey, <we're wrong> one. <whistles> you have them both as a dad, not just one. Dad is a lover, provider. Dad is a life coach. My last point. A father is a leader. A father is a leader. It says that... (coughs) Excuse me. says that the righteous man walks in integrity. His children are blessed after him. A father is to have a vision. A father is to have a vision. He needs to anticipate needs. He needs to anticipate what needs to happen. And so, I have to illustrate this because this one is a bit more. <clears throat> this one is a bit more challenging because I have to do something much bigger. I've brought um, some gumboots, Um because <laughs> a father is a leader who lives who leaves a legacy. And so, how do you leave a legacy if you haven't gone through rough patches? So, um, I need to do this as easy as possible. I practiced at home last night. Uh, <laughs> there we go. <sighs> a, father, a father is a leader, and he must leave a legacy. He needs to take his children into, and his family into dangerous places sometimes, isn't it? where they may not have hope anymore, where it doesn't look like it's gonna work out anymore. The father needs to be the one who says, stand aside, let me show you where to, hey, where to go, how to get there. He needs to even have a panga sometimes, cut off certain things, because a father needs to lead and leave a legacy. So how does he he do that? A father is called to have a vision. We are called to have a vision, a vision for for our families, a vision for, for our loved ones. We define destination and we give directions as dads. We need to write important things down, and I want to highlight this specific one. We need to have certain things that are written down, things like a will. As a dad, as a father in the home, you need to have a, a will. Because if you don't have a will, what's going to happen? You're not leaving a legacy. We need to have a will. We need to pioneer a new path and adventure and picture the future with our families sometimes as dads it's easy to quickly run and then we make a way we run we go through difficult things and we look back and our families and wives are not there we are all alone we are making decisions alone and it becomes even more difficult dads are called to bring the family together to pray with the family to say let's sit on the table this is the big decision we need to make this is the big decision we are supposed to do What are we going to do? Speak with his wife, include her in the process. Let her be part of your decision-making. You remember my buggy story? Yes. Let her be part of your decisions. Let her be part of the big things that you do make, because you want to provide direction, you want to lead, you want to do well, you want to make sure that, as a family, you you are well taken care of, you are well taken care of. You are doing the best, the best that you, that you can do. So, as a dad, it's important to do this. I remember when um, one day we were driving to this, I think we were going to a wedding in the Dragonsburg. <clears throat> and we are driving here on this nice road, N3, N3 road. It was very nice, oh, highway, beautiful, everything. We are talking We're going to this wedding, and somehow, um, those days, we didn't have GPS, so um, we got lost to uh, go to this venue where the wedding was going to be held, and we got lost. Hey, but now I'm the one driving. Now my wife says, I think we must stop and really find out if we can, if we can um, find the time, directions here and everything. And I said to her, no, 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 I think I have an idea of where this place is. I think if we go this route, we will be able to go down here and then we're going to see them. I think it's there. Um, She's so gentle with me. Um, That's why I married her because then she really can allow me to do um, quite a lot. And so she allowed me to drive for an hour. (laughs) Extra. Lost. Lost. And I drove. She says, but I'm not seeing this place. I'm like, yeah, 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 but... I think, I think it's there, I think it's, I think it's just around the corner, just around the corner. Ah, well, there's no corner here. <laughs> we are lost permanently, Baba. So now I had pride not to ask for directions. Sometimes as men, it's difficult for us to ask for directions because we, we know. And so, <laughs> and so in this situation, I learned that maybe it's good to in- involve her. From the beginning, this is how we're going to drive. Do you think we're going to make it? She says, yeah, I think so, but I still drive when we get there. It's a bit easier now because I involve her. Now, it's a joke, this one, with them driving and everything else. But imagine if it was serious life circumstances. It's not easy anymore. And so I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you to be in a place where, as a father, you are able to live to leave a legacy. I want to invite fathers to please stand the fathers in this house, please stand. The image of a, of a father in our society has lost a lot of credibility. But God has called fathers. God has called fathers. In this home, in this house. And I want to just, I felt a lot when I was preparing this message. That the Lord is saying that to all the dads that are here, well done. Well done, well done for the role that you play in your family's lives, well done. And we want to say thank you to you. Thank you for being fruitful and making a difference in our world. And I wanna include also moms that may be single moms that you are here, you have all these roles to fulfill, but God has given you the grace. I wanna also honor you this morning. We want to say thank you for being a protector. Thank you for being a life coach. Thank you for being a provider. Thank you for loving. Thank you for leading and leaving a legacy. Amen. Amen. Can 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 I ask that we bow our heads? Dad's still standing and let us pray together. Father, I want to thank you for dads in this home. Dads who are protectors, life coaches. Let that you are leading, that you are loving us and providing. Father, I want to pray that this morning they would leave this place encouraged and knowing that, Lord, with you they can do it. Father, thank you, Lord, that even when we miss it as dead, Lord, we do mistakes, that you are here with us, that you love us and you have the best for us. Father, I pray that you will continually increase their hearts, that their love for them, Lord, will continue in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. May you have a blessed morning. As for me and my house, it's stew and oxtail. Thank you. (laughs)